Hello, listeners. Mandy here. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. It will only take a couple of minutes and will really help us out. You can go to worthy.com forward slash survey and you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We've extended the deadline for responses to November 30th, 2023. Thank you so much. And now on to the episode. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about how you can heal your marriage on your own. Yes, you heard that right. Now, conventional wisdom is that it takes both spouses to work on the marital relationship to make it work, that you can't solve the problems with your relationship yourself. But my guest today says that's not the case. He says you can dramatically shift the dynamic of your relationship through the mental and emotional environment that you create. So my guest today is Larry Bellotta. Larry is a relationship and marriage expert specializing in midlife crisis. He's an author, speaker, and creator of a series of programs designed to help couples stay together and to make their relationships stronger than before. Welcome, Larry. Well, hello. This is uh, this is a real treat for me. Well, well, I'm so glad that you approached or we've connected because I'm really curious about this and I'm I'm puzzled by what working through marital problems on your own might look like. Does that mean like you just you're not talking to the other person about it, not having conversations? Or help me understand what you really mean by you have the ability to to change the environment yourself. For the last 15 years I've been talking to people in all conditions. Uh, the very early discontent, the advanced discontent, the anger price, the shutting down, all those bases I've been with talking to people for the last 15 years. And, uh, and what I, I discovered is that people really don't understand how do you keep a, a marriage alive. They forget that. And the reason they forget that is because their subconscious mind takes over and brings them into a life of their mother or their father. And so if they are a man, they turn into their father and literally start treating their wife the way their father treated their mother back when they were children. If they're a woman, they have the mother in their life, they turn into their mother and they start treating their husband the way their mother treated their father back when they were children. 
So that's the thing that happens. Uh, and it's really invisible. No one can see it happen. So because no one can see it happen, they don't know it's happening. And uh, they fall asleep and they're not steering the car anymore. Okay. So when we're, we get this picture of people turning into their parents, which everybody's angry about. No one likes to being accused of <laughs> their parents. So, so there's that issue. I don't want to be accused of being my parents. Uh, but it's so absolutely dependable, and I see it over and over and over again. There's no doubt about it. Then we have to face the fact that we are turning into our parents when we fall asleep. And when I mean we fall asleep, what that means is we're no longer actively conscious of what we're doing or why we're doing it. So we're really falling into a a kind of a dream state. Well, we're of, kind of on autopilot. Yes. Well, that's the word. Autopilot is what we say. Uh, but we are really literally falling asleep at the wheel. And so the car is not being driven by us. The car is being driven by the instructions of our mother or our father. And so if that's the case, then you can see this person I married didn't marry my mother. This person I married didn't marry my father. How? Why are they going to stay? They're not going to stay. They don't want to stay for that, right? So that's why divorce becomes the only option. And so now by this time you have children and now you have brought new people into the world and now they're different ages, eight, six, 10, 12, college age, you know, 26, doesn't matter what it is. And your most sensitive children are really sensitive to this marriage falling apart. They really do not like when the marriage falls apart. They don't want it to fall apart because it's a part of their own emotional security. So since they don't want that to happen, they go into different versions of being against the, the marriage or the marriage collapsing. So when we're talking about divorce, you can't just think about yourself. You also have to think about your children. Right. And so if we generally think of children, we think of the most sensitive people who are children, and we think of the least sensitive children. And so the least sensitive children are the children who kind of like, eh, okay, that's an inconvenience. Eh, didn't see that coming. Oh, well. Right. So that's a child who can get through a divorce. They can handle it because they don't really take in all of the, the situations of, of the family. And because they don't take them all in, they don't have to be destroyed by them because they're, they're uh, what's the word, resilient? Is that the right. word we use? Well, they say children are resilient. Well, children are not resilient. Only the resilient children are resilient. But the sensitive children, oh, they are not resilient. It's almost like their world is being destroyed when you divorce because they're the most sensitive children. They're the canary in the coal mine. And so since they are the most sensitive children, uh, you, have to, you have to make extra special care that that child is understanding why this marriage is collapsing and that it's not their fault. It's two things. Why is this marriage collapsing? That's one piece of understanding for the sensitive child. And then why it's not your fault, why you're not wrong, why you're not a big part of this. Why are you like standing over to the left here and this marriage is collapsing and you don't even know what's happening, but I need to prepare you because I know how sensitive you are. And so that's that the, the sensitive children need to be talked to. They need to be communicated with. They need to be connected to. And they need that. If they don't have it, boy, they, they spin off all kinds of chaos. 
Okay, well, let's take go back a bit because I feel like we've kind of jumped over things here because we've jumped to the marriages falling apart and we're talking to the children about it. Yes. But I'm, what I, I would like to hear more about is if you're saying that people tend to morph into their, their mother or their father, and I'm thinking, well, that's the mother that they saw as a child, not necessarily, and you're only seeing a portion of what their marriage looked like. But walk me through, like you're saying that there's a way for you to kind of stop that autopilot and correct it um, okay. and to do that on your own. I mean, what does that look like? If you've even stumbled across any self-help book, the idea of awareness is always the pitch. It's always right. the it's, it, it's like the awareness is the first step forward. Yes. So, so what is awareness? So uh, I, I'll just, I'm going to pick, uh, pick a book just not to single anyone out, because there's so many that are t telling this awareness message. But uh, Michael Singer wrote the, uh, the book, um, uh, The Untethered Soul. And so there's, a, there's a, a story of what is awareness. Awareness is consciousness. That's what it is. It's consciousness. So if we picture consciousness as a bright light at the back of your head, let's just imagine that, and what he calls the seed of the soul, the seed of consciousness, and so we have this bright light sitting on a, on a seat, and it's in the back of your head. Well, what's in the front of you? What's in front of you is turmoil and chaos and all the craziness of, of life and all the situations of life. And so what happens to us in general is when we're not aware, we lean forward. Our consciousness leans forward and grabs all of the stuff that's happening. All of the turmoil, of the fights, the dis, uh, you know dis, disorientations of all kinds, and what happens is we lean forward. Our consciousness leans forward from the seat of consciousness and gets involved in all of the turmoil of what's happening in front of us. So that's what we want our awareness to do. Our awareness has got to decide. Our awareness is sitting in that 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 seat in the back, and we have to let that awareness go. That awareness of turmoil. Because that turmoil, uh, in his book, he calls the ego, uh, he calls it the mind, and he calls it the psyche. Ego, the mind, and the psyche. That's his, his references to this ego energy that really makes our lives so hard. And so our ability to become aware of ego and its destructive ability is really the, the, the key to waking us up. And, and, and what we're trying to do is find books and presentations and and podcasts and all these things to try to find out what what is this what is this ego thing that's making my life so hard and so I, I I'm uh, pointing to um, Michael Singer's book because uh, it's a really user-friendly book very easy to read and uh, but it's got really big ideas in it but it's the awareness of this ego thing this uh, this mind thing this psyche thing that's the thing that you're leaning forward to grab onto and hold on to now, either to suppress it, like I don't want it to happen, or to make it try and go away and try to push it out of the way. And so those are not productive for us. So if we can wake up, if we can become aware, and we can become aware of releasing this ego energy, we are now in the place where we become waking up to things like my mother is running my life or my father is running my life. And we can become aware of those things and we can become not threatened by it. And so that's really the first step that we have to do somehow, in some way. I was going to say, can you give me kind of a practical example of how that might work? 
in a marriage situation? Okay, so in a marriage situation, you're very tied to the body. You're very tied to the, the, the five senses. The body and the five senses are your religion. That's what you're very dedicated to. That's what you think of. That's what you react to. And so you are what I call a reactor, a reactor who's reacting to the body and the five senses. And because you're so tied up with that, you're really not going where you really want to go, which is to a more uh, mindfulness direction. That's what you want to get to. Mindfulness is another word for awareness. So, okay, so being mindful, being aware, waking up, starting to see that this ego thing is really the thing that's really bothering you and troubling you. Your job in the troubled marriage is not to focus on your partner. That's not to focus on your partner's ways and means and methods and how-tos and troubles and, and, and stories. That's not your job. Your job is to get to, it, it takes one to change our relationship. It takes one to make peace with the world. Why does it take only one? Because it's me and my mind and my perception that's going to change. Because my perception is going to change, all of this tactile body, five sense thing that I was controlled by, that's going to, to start to reduce. And what's going to start to increase is my mindfulness. And that's why it only takes one. Because when one person decides that I'm going to become more mindful, I'm going to become more free of the ego, then you're making a great change, a really big change that you never made before. But it may have taken a, a, a rocking, shaking of the marriage for you to wake up to it. That's our job. Okay. Wow. That uh, sounds kind of complicated. Uh, <laughs> are there situations where this wouldn't work? Yeah. What doesn't, what, what isn't working? And I'm going back to the individual, the individual woman, the individual man. Yeah. Whatever condition that individual is in is really the decider of whether this, this marriage is going to go in, in the left direction, backwards or outwards or wherever it's going to go. Uh, so if we look at the individual and ask, are you a reactor? Are you a reactor? Now, what is that? That's a person who's reacting to the five senses and to the body. And everything they're reacting to is their final thing. That's what they're most interested in. So if the ego controls you and the five senses are in the body are your whole, your perception system, you perceive the body and the five senses, and you're really driven by your ego and your psyche, your mind. Then now we know that you're not going to go to awareness. That's not even a topic for you. Becoming aware is just not, not an issue. So since it's not an issue for you, your chances of having that marriage heal or that marriage wake up or that relationship start to refire, not very likely. Why? Because the ego is running everything. The body is running everything. You're reacting. And because you're in that state, there's like almost like no, to no hope of change. If you are being aware and mindful and your spouse has an alcoholic use issue, does this help you? So it's going to help you in your life. Because if your spouse has an alcohol is a, has an alcohol problem, you know, the first question is, why would I attract a person who is addicted to, to a thing? Why would I find an attraction to this person? And there's probably something in your subconscious from your childhood that says that a, an addicted person is a good person. A addicted person is a is a, is a valuable person. So that person's here for a reason. 
And and now the question is not about that person and their problems. The question is, what are you doing to become this aware person? Because if we had two pictures of, of 100% and zero, a scale, let's say, and 100% is the totally aware person. The ego has been reduced. They are now uh, not really referred to as a reactor. They are what I call a creator. And as a creator, you are a person who creates. You create ideas. You create ideas that matter to you, that are valuable to you, that, that you want to pursue. Because you're a creator, you're creating in your mind. And when you're creating in your mind, you have the discipline to think of things that matter to you and make you happy. And so when you're starting to move in that direction, you are at 100%. And so let's just generally put that picture there. A creator is 100%. The other extreme is what I just described is the reactor. The reactor is 0%. So we've got a scale though. The scale can go up incrementally. And as you go from zero to 10% to 15% to 20, as you start increasing, what are you doing? You're becoming more aware. Why are you doing that? Because something in your heart is calling you to awareness. All kinds of things. Just all kinds of things are calling you to awareness. And so books are coming into your life. People are coming into your life. Teachings coming into all kinds of things are coming that are moving you up that scale to awareness. And so that's really where happiness is. Happiness is in awareness. Happiness is not in that zero place or in that low place. Mm. We're going to take a short break here and then we're going to come back and talk more about that and how this can help our listeners. So hang in there. Listeners, you're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back. Do stay tuned. We're talking about how you can heal your marriage on your own. Before we get back to this week's episode, I want to remind you to visit worthy.com forward slash survey and answer a few questions about the podcast in order to be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We greatly appreciate your feedback. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about healing your marriage on your own. And my guest today is Larry Bilotta. Larry is a relationship and marriage expert specializing in midlife crisis. He's an author, speaker, and creator of a series of programs designed to help couples stay together and to make their relationships stronger than before. Larry, before we go back to our conversation, you on your website have a download that I thought might be of interest to our listeners. Do you want to share that with our listeners? Yes, uh, it's called Three Mistakes to Avoid When Your Spouse Says, I Don't Love You Anymore. So that's what it's called, Three Mistakes. And so the Three Mistakes download is a, is a condensed way to look at the three mistakes that are just done over and over again by person after person. And so when you make these mistakes, you're making them because you're not aware, just like I'm talking about. So uh, probably the best, uh, easiest way to go to find this is LarryBalada.com. So LarryBalada.com and just enter three mistakes on the search where you can find the search thing. And uh, that, that'll get you to three mistakes. And there's other resources there that uh, might help you and you might find some interest in. Awesome. And I will make sure that we put that in the show notes. You know, as you were, we were talking before the break about somebody becoming more aware and we were 
using the example of their spouse having an alcohol use issue. And I was thinking, you know, the awareness you had said, you know, realizing, you know, why did, why did you choose this person or why this person chose you and understanding that, and that helps you to become more aware in that awareness journey. Do you become more aware that you have choices about staying married or not staying married? That's what awareness does. Awareness brings you to choices. So we, we go back to the scale of zero to 100%. Zero is completely unaware and 100% is completely aware. And so you don't just suddenly become aware. There's a whole series of steps you've got to go through. An evolution. Yes, you've got to go through those steps. And it's uh, it's messy. It's sloppy. It's you know it's like like what I had to go through. It's messy, confusing, <laughs> confusing, and not orderly. And and so anything that can help awareness, anything can move you even like a little inch up that scale is going to help. And and sometimes it's not rewarding, and sometimes it is rewarding. But moving up that scale is the is the mission. It's a mission in morning, noon, and night, week after week. You want to get up to awareness somehow, some way. Some people do it through religion, through spirituality, right. prayer, et cetera. So, so as, as you're working on that path to awareness, sorry, what does that do for your day-to-day relationship with your spouse? How can that help you? Like I've spoken to hundreds of people who are, are in troubled marriages. And, you know, and they often, the, you know, by the time they're talking to me, they're often going through divorce. But they're living in the, the house, they're under the same roof together. They may or may not still be sharing a bedroom, but it's like walking on bro- broken glass in the house. And the, there's tension in the house. And I'm thinking if you were, I did an, an episode recently about deciding to stay married for the sake of the children. Like you, it, so you know that you want to end the marriage or you're pretty clear on that. But it's a question of timing. The kid, you want the kids out of, out on their own in high school before you leave them because you have concerns about them spending time with the other parent. How does becoming aware help you deal with walking on eggshells, walking on broken glass in your home? So what happens when you're on broken glass is that your values are not like your spouse's values. Your values have parted ways. And what really is happening is the values of your childhood are actually getting stronger in your life. And if they start to part ways, those values, those things you value, the things you find important, have just gone in different directions. That's why you're divorcing. And so why is it happening? It's happening because the childhood is getting stronger in your adult life. And that it didn't start that way in your 20s. In your 20s, you're at the peak of your life. That's the moment when you were really strong, truly yourself. But in their 30s and your 40s, that's when childhood really starts to get stronger. And from your subconscious mind, the childhood gets stronger and now your ways could separate because your two messages can start to come to the front. And when they do, you don't want to be married anymore because this person's values and yours are just not the same. Alcoholism is a, is a dramatic version of that. Uh, my mother was an alcoholic for example. So her father was an alcoholic. Well, that was a that was a, a shoe in, right? And so when she married my father, she was uh had all the alcoholic tendencies of her father in her subconscious mind. And so when she started to become very very sad about her childhood, 
she started to drink and it made her feel better for temporarily, you know, so she drank three days, four days a week and she would go out with her friends and she would drink and that's the way she felt better. Well, my father didn't, didn't like that. And so there became a, a quiet tension between the two of them because their ways were parting. But are their ways really parting? No. The childhood pain is coming into the forefront and now the separation is happening. Because the separation is happening, now somebody's going to make a decision, right? It's not anything you need to feel bad about. It's just something that's happening because you couldn't see it coming. You couldn't forecast the childhood, right? My mother's childhood was painful. My father's childhood was less painful. And so because they didn't know that at the time, that's what's going to govern uh, them later in life. And so that's the way we want to think about it. There's no judgment about that. That's just something that happens to us. That's why we divorce. We divorce because the, the value systems are just you know, spreading apart and becoming very, very... Yeah. So am I understanding then, like, becoming aware that your childhood values and your the way that you were raised is starting to kind of occupy your mind, you can then make a conscious decision and say, well, actually, this isn't the person I want to be. I want to be a different person. And I want to be what I admire. I want right. to be longing for. So and that's so what... Doing that is what can help you breathe new life into your marriage and help you get over that broken glass. So let me let me give you an analogy. The analogy uh, is if we, t if we take the mind and we split it in half and we make it a great big globe and half of the mind is made of the ocean and half of the mind is made of the beach, okay? Now, the ocean is called the ocean of against energy. The beach is called the beach, right? So how are we born? We're born in the ocean. We're born in the ocean of against energy where there's sharks. And sharks are representing against energy. So when a shark bites you, you are against everything when you're bitten by a shark. And so the ocean is full of sharks, so you're always against something. And so you have these moments of peace, but then when a shark bites you, you're against and you're upset and, and you're, you're a really serious reactor. So the job is to get out of the ocean and get onto the beach. And so what is this? This is the mind. The mind is made of the ocean half and the beach half. And our way of getting out is not easy because we just can't walk out of the ocean because the ocean wants us there. So what we have to do is make the ocean mad and we make the ocean mad by getting it with four steps. And when we pack these four steps tightly together, the ocean gets so mad it spits us out onto the beach. So a valuable thing is to know what those four steps are. So what we're doing is we're moving to the this four steps to make the ocean mad so we can get onto the beach and we can start to be happy. So now when you're happy, you're not like giddy happy. You are in a place where you can actually think and you can compare and you can feel better about yourself. And so that's what the beach is. The beach is the right side of your mind. The, the ocean of against energy is the wrong side of your mind. So the four steps out of, if we've got time, I'll, I would like to explain the four steps out of the ocean. We've got about two or three more minutes. Okay. You want to do it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So step number one, it's called acceptance. Step number two is called gratitude. Step number three is called appreciation. And step number four is called quantum forgiveness. So those are the four steps out of the ocean. And this is, remember, four steps out of the ocean, up against energy, side of your mind, to the beach side of your mind where there's freedom. They okay, were getting out of water and we're getting into air 
and this is what what the transformation is. So the first step is uh, acceptance. And so we say the, the words, I accept that this person, and you name their name, is rejecting me. And when you accept that statement, the ocean doesn't like acceptance, and it starts to put a distance between you and the ocean for the first time. And then you make this gratitude statement. I have gratitude that this person is rejecting me because I learned from pain, and this is the pain that teaches me. Now, when you make that gratitude statement, again, the ocean hates gratitude, so now the, the gap between you and the ocean is, is increased, which is brand new. And then you finally make the third statement, which is the appreciation statement, which is, what do I love about you? By, you name this person's name, you say, what do I love about you? And you name three things you love about them in that step. And when you name the three things you love about them, you're expressing love. And we express love, you're now really making the ocean upset and that it's now three times larger the gap is. And finally, you make the statement of uh, quantum forgiveness. Now, when you say the, a statement of quantum forgiveness, this is from quantum physics that teaches at the level of the electron, we are all one. And so because we are all one, that's why you can make the three statements. The three statements of quantum forgiveness are, we are good, pure and innocent, all is forgiven and released. And when you make those three statements, now the ocean really goes crazy and spits you out onto the beach. And now you're on the beach and now you're feeling peace because you're on the beach. But to, to really check if you're out, you have to ask these two acronyms, DUPE and CARS, D-U-P-E-C-A-R-S. And they start uh, stand for disturbed, urgent, pressed, and edgy. If you're feeling those, you're in the ocean. CARS is calm, all is well, reassured, and suddenly no. And if you are CARS, now you're feeling more cars than dupe. If you're feeling more dupe than cars, you got to go back and do it again. Right, so, so I'm thinking like if you were in that cars state, that's what can help you through those years of having decided to stay married until your children get to high school. That's the emotional, the mental state that can help you do that. Yes. And it, it is again, it is you moving towards awareness. You're, you're now on the beach. You're now moving towards awareness. And that's, uh, and I've got more on my website, Larry Bellotta, right. about that. And, and presumably, and we're kind of running out of time here, but I do just want to say, and if you can get in that car state while you're staying married for your children, actually, you're really helping your children because you're reducing the conflict that yes. they're seeing. Yes. And they really are relying on your emotional condition or their emotional condition. So if they see you upset, they're going to be upset. They're going to be upset, right. And if you're feeling that cars and living that beach life, uh, they're going to see that and feel that because they feel your vibration. They feel your your uh, frequency. They feel uh, your your energy, your sense of uh, of reliance and, and, and your sense of self. And all that's going to come through to them without them talking to you. They're just going to feel it. Yeah. So if you're deciding to stay in your marriage for the sake of your kids, you can't just keep the status quo going. Yes. You, you, you won't be helping your kids by keeping the status quo going. That's right. You need to do this work to become aware and to get from the ocean to the beach. And then you'll, you'll be helping yourself. You'll be helping your kids. And who actually knows where your marriage will be in three years' time when the kids have left home and gone to high school? You might have a completely different perspective then. That's right. But but uh, I know one thing, getting on the beach and living on the beach is really the absolute best goal 
for everyone, humanly speaking. The beach is the place to be. The ocean is the place to not be. Okay. Well, Larry, we are out of time here. I want to thank you so much for your time today. And thank this you. Fascinating discussion. Thank you. Appreciate it. This is my guest today was Larry Bellotta. Larry is a relationship and marriage expert specializing in midlife crisis. He's also an author, speaker, and creator of a series of programs designed to help couples stay together and to make their relationships stronger than before. You can find out more about Larry at LarryBellotta.com. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. Please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.